Welcome to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. Hi, everybody. I'm Brian Sussman. Thanks for joining me. We're going to be talking about the fires in California and the power outages in California. I just find this amazing. Here we are in California, where I'm broadcasting from right now. Was born in this state, lived the majority of my years in this state. This this state, California, is home to the Silicon Valley. The tech capital of the world is right here. The tech capital of the world in California. Some of the wealthiest people in the world live in California. And, oh my goodness, if you're a, a liberal, well... This is, this is the place to be. I mean, my goodness, the government is run top to bottom by liberal Democrats. The Republicans, yeah, there are a few, but they have no say-so in Sacramento. They're completely outnumbered. So we've got a Democrat-controlled legislature. We've got a Democrat-controlled governorship and that of Gavin Newsom, who, by the way, is the nephew of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and by the way, Governor Gavin Newsom desires to be president of the United States. And he's just waiting until 2024 because his auntie knows that Donald Trump's going to get that second term. And then he can sway in after being governor of the state for a few years, looking so handsome and so regal and so authoritative and waltz right in. So, I mean, we're run by liberal Democrats top to bottom. If you're a liberal, you think this is the best thing since sliced bread, Birkenstocks, what? You name it. Pot shops, whatever. But my point on all of this is, I just find it amazing. California is so screwed up. Listen, as I've mentioned, I was born here. Lived most of my years in this state. <laughs> I remember when it was a really great state. But it's been ruined by liberal policies. I mean, just look at this. We have the, we have the greatest number of homeless in the United States of America, right here. We have the greatest wealth disparity, right here. We have the highest taxes in the nation, right here. We've got the most stringent environmental policies, right here. What's it doing for us? It's bringing fires our way. So I can't wait to unpack this. By the way, as many of you know, I've been off the airwaves. I have had for many, many years a radio show, a terrestrial radio show, which was heard by many via stream uh, for many, many years in San Francisco and KSFO. I am currently off the airwaves uh, without getting into the nitty gritty details. I've been um, I, I'm dealing with a medical issue that does not permit me to do live broadcasts right now, especially live broadcasts that entail waking up at 3 in the morning. So I'm, I'm going to be okay. It's not, not, not life-threatening, but I'm off the airwaves presently, but I'm still able to do these podcasts, which I've been doing now for about a year. So let's talk about the California fire situation and these PG&E power outages. The liberals in this state blame everything on PG&E. That's the electrical provider for the northern half of California, Pacific Gas and Electric. I've, I've heard the liberals, they're a monopoly. They're involved in price gouging. They're the ones who have the bad environmental disregard. I, I've heard it all, and it's just so... I would love to use some expletives. 
but I'll let you do that for me. The bottom line is a PG&E is not the bad guy here. The bad guy are the environmentalists or the bad guys are the environmentalists. Now, I'm going to prove my point. I've written a couple blog pieces that have just been able, that have been um, incredibly well received. And there have been some responses I would like to read as well. This is a blog post from October 27th. It's over at briansussman.com on the blog. You can just scroll and find it. It's entitled, California Fires Do Not Blame Climate Change or PG&E. Because besides blaming PG&E, that has been the other, uh, the other source of, of concern as far as the left is concerned. It's got to be human-caused climate change brought to you by the burning of fossil fuels. So here we are in California, and I'm reading from this blog post, uh, loosely reading. The state's leaders are telling us that these power outages have been because of the winds, which have been very gusty in some locations. And they're also telling us that it's the problem of the winds, the electrical power lines, and the trees and foliage adjacent the lines. Now, it's all true, friends. If a random spark from a swaying line comes in contact with dry vegetation when the wind is howling, a fire could flare up immediately. We've seen this before. Uh, some will right away point to the Paradise Fires, which took place some time ago, and uh, they were devastating. I mean, it's just, it's like somebody took a, it looks like a nuclear weapon went off. But can I tell you something? There's never been definitive proof that that was the result of PG&E. I'm just telling you, listen, we need to, you need to follow the facts where they lead. And when the facts are conclusive, all right, stick a fork in it. But when they're not, you can, you can, you can have, a, there's lots of opportunity for theories and hypotheses and conjectures. But can I just tell you something? There's been no definitive proof that the fire was the result of PG&E. So let's just stop there and move on. PG&E has become the bad guy. Blame, of course, is also cast upon you and me for our consumption of fossil fuels and the supposed associated effects of global warming. But as I write, it's a shame the real culprits have escaped judgment, and I'm referring to the environmentalists. So let's start with a brief lesson in history. Throughout the recorded history of California, and now, now I'll get into you know, my meteorology realm. For those of you maybe listening for the first time, I have, a back, I have a background in meteorology. I was a television meteorologist for years. Um, I was uh, way up there in the ranks of the American Meteorological Society. So I've, I've studied this. I went to college to study this. Of two wonderful schools, San Jose State University, which is a great school for forecasting, and Mississippi State University, which delves into the more theoretical. So I've got the academic background for this. But I'm not a researcher. I'm a guy that just understands the research. And I've read tons of research from very, very reputable scientists on these topics. So let me just back up. Throughout recorded history in California, there have been exceptionally strong dry winds and scorching temperatures common in September and October. The reason for this has to do with our state's unique geographical location. Cool ocean waters hug our 780-mile-long Pacific coast, while a variety of mountain ranges stretch up and down the state. 
and then interspersed are broad swaths of natural desert. In the northern half of the state, coastal cities such as San Francisco and Oakland receive about 20 inches of rain a year. That's, that's very Mediterranean. Inland, San Jose typically sees 14 and a half inches of rain. In our capital city, Sacramento, which is located in the Central Valley, they get 18, 18 inches of rain. To the south, Los Angeles and San Diego see about a foot of rain a- annually. Now, these averages haven't notably changed since records began being kept in the 1800s. Historically, our rainy season begins like clockwork, mid to late October, and then ends in early June. Now, to put these rainfall amounts into perspective, because I know a lot of you are listening from all over the country. Um, If you're east of the Rockies, you're thinking, gosh, you guys only get like a foot of rain? We get 40 to 60. Yeah, you do. 40 to 60 inches of precipitation annually. We don't get a lot of rain out here. But our blessing has been the large mountain ranges that border Nevada and Oregon. Oregon's to our north, Nevada to our east. Where precipitation mostly falls in the form of winter snow. Now up there, annual precipitation totals are 60 to 80 inches of precipitable water, depending on the mountain range. So this incredible amount of rain, snow in the mountains feeds streams, rivers, lakes, and dams, which provide irrigable water necessary to grow the abundant fruit and vegetable crops that this state is known for. Now, that farmland I'm talking about here in California, that's all basically in the desert. But we have those mountains that feed the water into the the valleys and, I mean, we're, we're, we're the nation's breadbasket, so to speak. Most of your fruit and vegetables come from California. So it's the mountain precipitation and the brilliant use of artificial dams. So as a result, farming remains California's top-grossing industry. It's not the Silicon Valley. It's not Hollywood. It's farming. We're a farm state. We're an ag state. In fact, the state leads all others in farm income. It's the ag powerhouse of the United States. 200 different crops. Some grown nowhere else in the nation. All the country's almonds, apricots, dates, figs, kiwi, nectarines, olives, pistachios, prunes, walnuts. I mean, all if not most of it, or most if not all of it, comes from California. We also lead the production of avocados, grapes, lemons, melons, peaches, plums, strawberries. Only Florida produces more oranges, only Texas more cotton. Now, on a side note, you know I love these side notes on hidden headlines. Environmentalists loathe the ag industry because they're growing plants, fruit, vegetables in areas that are very arid, And they have to be artificially watered. They don't like that. And those human-made dams, oh, they want them all torn down. And they've been very successful in the last decade or so in terms of tearing down many of those dams, especially up in Northern California by Oregon. So there's that. Now, more on the climate. The prevailing, this is, and this is very important to the fires, so stick with me on this. The prevailing winds in California blow west to east from the ocean to the mountains. 
Commencing, however, in mid to late October, the storms begin to blow in from the Pacific. And as their moist air confronts the mountain ranges, that moist air rushes up the sides of the mountains doing something known as orographic lift. So when this occurs, the air strikes the windward side of the mountain, uplifts, cools, and then forces precipitation to occur. That's why the windward slopes of mountain ranges throughout the world tend to be the wet sides, and the other side of the range, the leadward side, is dry. And this is why Nevada, you know, east of California, is a complete desert. It's located in California's rain shadow. Now, about the fire danger. So you just heard how the rain and snow falls up in the mountains beginning right about now. It's... I'm I'm doing this particular uh, this particular podcast on the first of November, but he- here we go. This is the time of the year when the atmosphere is transitioning from winter from summer to winter, and when this changeover occurs, generally speaking, September early mid October, as the changeover occurs, the wind patterns temporarily blow more east to west. It's this transitional period between summer and winter. And instead of winds blowing west to east, they start blowing east to west, opposite the norm. When that occurs, the air really, really dries out because now it's blowing down the slope of a mountain. Now, another part of the transition includes an increase in something called the pressure gradient. I know I'm getting into the weeds here, but please stick with me. Long story short... This increase causes the winds to blow harder, like they have been in recent weeks in California. So the winds blow quite ferociously in some cases down the slopes of the mountains and toward the ocean. And as the air is pushed down the mountainsides, it totally dries out, dropping humidity levels to near zero or zero. And this increases fire danger. Air is really dry. Winds are howling. If there's a spark from a power line, a barbecue, a car accident, whatever, a fire can grow into a monster in no time. Folks, please, if you hear nothing else during this podcast, this has nothing to do with human-caused global warming or climate change. This condition that I've just described has always been a noteworthy aspect of California's overall climate. So... When these wind, you know, when this when this fire weather occurs, that's it's been occurring as long as we've been recording history. Now, as for the fire danger, don't blame PG&E. Blame, are you ready? The environmentalists. Dun dun dun. Here's here's a little story I penned in this blog post, and um, it, it it was confirmed by many others, and then I found. I found it, oh, something over at the Sierra Club website that is just incredible. I'll get to that. But one of my best buddies named Mike has been a linesman with PG&E for 40 years. Prior to that, his dad worked the power lines for decades as well. So between Mike and his dad, they probably worked the lines 30, maybe even, I mean, 70, maybe even 80 years. And, and they have traversed, these two men traversed nearly all the lines in the state of California. So Mike tells me a couple decades ago, the rule was that PG&E cleared away any foliage from the power lines to the tune of at least 10 feet on each side. So if there was a, a transmission line, we're clearing 10 feet on either side. 
because we don't want any fires. However, at the insistence of the environmentalists, that amount of clearage was reduced to four feet, which is stupid because just in the spring alone, some of these trees will grow four feet outward. Four feet is not, is not enough. The plants and trees grow that much, as I just mentioned, in a single season. To gain more clearance, PG&E needs environmental approval, and that's nearly impossible without a court order because the environmental policies in California are that strict. And the environmental policies in California have created a fire danger in association with those lines. So there's that. But then there's something else. The various county, state, and federal laws have hampered our effort to properly thin the forests. I love to hike. Uh, we have a place up in a certain part of the Sierra Nevada. It's in Nevada County. It's near Truckee, California. And I've been going up there for decades. I remember 20 years ago, for sure, I used to be able to walk through the forest. We would go from our house and we would walk up to the railroad tracks. My kids and I would just, we'd love to go up to the railroad tracks. You could find all these old artifacts. It was really, really fun. Just a great hike. But we could literally just pick a lane and go. No problem. We'd not, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have to be on trails, paths, roads, nothing. You could just, okay, guys, let's go. That was 20 years ago. Because the environmental policies in the state, and this is a, actually a, sustain, it's a federal forest, because of the policies in the federal forest, there's been no thinning or clearing of any brush or trees or anything. You cannot any longer walk straight up. You have to find, there's an access road. It takes all the romance out of the walk. But the forest is so overgrown and dense that the only choice, if we want to go up to the railroad tracks, and it's probably about a, I'm guessing it's about a thousand foot vertical hike. It's a well-worn trail. This area is a fire waiting to happen. And this is how it is all over our state. So don't, don't let anyone blame these power shortages on PG&E because what's happening when the wind howls and they're worried about spark lines they're just shutting off random portions of the grid in order to conserve energy and, um, and make sure that there's a safe situation. B don't blame PG&E for this. Blame it on the environmental agenda that's been instituted by the politicians and bureaucrats who run California with all their willing accomplices in the media carrying the water for them. And, and can I just mention this because I mentioned it in the blog post. Here's the real story. The environmentalists believe humans are the planet's invasive species. I'm going to repeat that. Environmentalists, I wrote this in my book, Climate Gate and Eco-Tyranny. Um, and I just, I love this one. I don't know if I stole this line from somebody else or if it's original, but I've been saying it for a long time. The environmentalists believe humans are the planet's invasive species. Okay, so that's, that's the blog post. But then I did a follow-up because there was a very thoughtful person who said, can you prove uh, what, what you're saying regarding the four-feet clearance? 
It used to be 10 feet. Now it's only four feet. So let me, let me go to that. And then I'll go to some of the comments that I've received. Uh, I just found this little nugget. This is on a blog post from the 29th of October proof, how the environmentalists are against trimming trees near power lines. And I write, just found this little nugget from the Sierra Club website, which leans towards proving my point that the environmentalists do not want proper trimming, pruning, thinning, or clearing of our forests. The article in question actually supports my theory that the environmentalists perceive humankind as an evasive species. Here's the portion of the article by Amy Muir of, she's with an organization called Stop Clearcutting California. <laughs> yeah, right. We're clearcutting California. Have you ever flown over this state? When you get there, so, you look down at those forests. There are more trees. Oh, my. Yeah, we're, we're clear cutting it. Yeah, just like I heard some idiot uh, liberal talk show host the other day saying, there are fires all over California. The entire state is on fire. No, no. There were some terrible fires at that time, but the whole state wasn't burning just as the whole state isn't being clear-cut. But here's what she says. Pacific Cast and Electric Company is planning to clear-cut wide swaths of trees surrounding power lines in an aggressive program that claims to address wildfire hazards as a part of their fire safety zone work. Though some vegetation trimming and line clearances are required by law, these new cutting plans far exceed those requirements. As PG&E itself states, quote, the California Public Utilities Commission requires PG&E maintain at least a four-foot clearance between the vegetation and power lines in high fire threat areas year-round to help ensure electric reliability and public safety. Under their new program, PG&E wants to enlist property owner consent to voluntarily remove all vegetation to a distance of 10, uh, excuse me, of 15 feet from each side of the power lines in the affected zones and extend the clearing down to one foot above the ground. Now, who's against this? The environmentalists. They didn't want, they did not want this to happen and they put up a fuss and the California Public Utilities Commission never went with PG&E's recommendation that they're allowed to cut 15 feet on each side. Why? Because the environmentalists don't want that. So the, these damned environmentalists are the ones who put us in this predicament. I want to go to a couple of comments from, the, uh, from these posts because I've, a, a lot of very thoughtful people do weigh in. Uh, this is from a friend of mine. Um, let me just scroll down. His name is Mitch. Mitch actually lives in Chile. It's wonderful. Oh, my God. The stuff Mitch has done for humanity is just incredible. But he writes, I earned my degree in environmental studies back in 1983. Back then, the rage was not to touch any fallen trees and just let nature take its course. That's exactly what we're doing in the state of California. That's why I can't make that hike like I used to. We all knew this would lead to major fires down the road. I asked my professors about this and did not get a sa satisfactory response. It's the secret that is hidden in plain sight. These fires fall back into the laps of left-wing radical environmentalists who maybe think that they're doing some good, but are creating a hell-on-earth scenario in these terrible fires. 
Okay, here's another response. The environmental lobby, this is from someone who wanted to remain anonymous. The environmental lobby has made it possible to has made it impossible to do proper forest management and in doing so killed the logging industry which can be both an economic engine and help out with forest management. This all happened while the current ruling party has had a majority or even a super majority. Uh, this is true, by the way. We used to have this wonderful, thriving logging industry in California. That died in the 90s, much in large part to not just the California legislature, but the Clinton administration. And wonderful towns that were once thriving throughout Northern California because of the, the lumber that they were able to produce uh, died. And what happened in those communities? It's really sad because those communities, high incidences of suicide from, you know, guys, this was their livelihood for their entire life. Dad did the same thing. Grandma, grand, Grandpa did the same thing before that. And their kids were looking forward to maybe getting into the same wonderful industry. Industry shut down. The incidence of suicide and drug use off the charts. Because when you take away a livelihood from a, a man who's only known one particular way of life, it can be devastating. And proving my point on that last note, here's another comment. This is from Mike, who says, the real reason for all of these fierce fires is the fact that the criminal governments of the state of California has destroyed all logging companies in our California forests over the last 40 years. This is an evil conjunction with the environmentalists both of whom have long wanted all Californians to be forced out of rural areas and into their city governments so they could have total control over our countryside. That, that is true. When you look at the master plan for the state of California, they want to get people out of rural areas and into the cities, stack and pack housing, et cetera, where I personally believe uh, these, these liberal bureaucrats believe they will be, better be able to control us. But continuing... Of course, PG&E's stumbling, bumbling bureaucracies utterly fail to watch over their need to increasingly protect the power lines, as they must have noted that, Cal, that the California government was destroying our forests. So this particular listener is saying that PG&E is in part responsible for this. I would tend to disagree because there's nothing that PG&E can do without approval from the California Public Utilities Commission. They can't even raise their rates without the CPUC. And by the way, when people do complain about California's electrical rates, which are the highest in the country, don't forget to look at all the additional fees that are heaped on the price of energy. Fees for some insane programs. But continuing, the real blame goes to Governor Newsom, Jerry Brown, and all CalGov forestry. And most particularly to the Sierra Club and all the other environmentalists who have labored so diligently to wreck our forests and wreck our government. So this is just another comment, and you can read them all over at briansussman.com. I hope I've shed a little light on this topic for you. Rather than blame PG&E, let's go to the source. It's the green environmental policies that are scorching parts of the state of California. And this is the new normal, my friends. This is the new normal. 
when the winds blow on a, on a hot day in September, October, when the winds blow over 20 miles an hour, and I know some of you are listening from parts of the country where a 20-mile-an-hour wind is a weekly occurrence. Can you imagine? The new normal is power gets shut down. And that's Hidden Headlines. Thanks for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. I don't make a dime off these. I do it from the, from the bottom of my heart as a public service. So I thank you for your support. And I do thank you for your support as well that I've heard from so many of you during this odd and trying time in my own life. But I look forward to continuing to deliver these podcasts on a regular basis. Brian Sussman, Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom, signing off.